on today's edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. We finally have a game to talk about on today's edition. Alex Baumgartner from the Five Reasons Sports Network will be joining me to talk about the first four days of training camp for the Panthers and the upcoming doubleheader against the Nashville Predators on Monday, all on today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Monday, September 26th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Rwanda Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden and Locked On NHL, where they'll be covering all the preseason activities around the National Hockey League. So, Cats fans, like we spoke about at the very, very top of the episode, we have some preseason, a pre, two preseason games to talk about and preview, which will be tonight at, uh, t- excuse me, t- t- today at 4 p.m. and another one at 8 p.m. A split squad uh, doubleheader for the Panthers. Uh, we've been talking about groups A and B getting on the ice in the first few uh, days of practices, and and this will be a perfect time to bring in my guest on the show, Alex Baumgartner from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Alex, how are you doing, man? I'm uh besides the uh, audio problems I had just now, I'm doing great. Hey, it's good vibes all over in South Florida. I mean, the the. The Panthers are back at, at, at training camp. The Dolphins got a big win yesterday against hey, the was, Buffalo that Bills. Great. That was great. <laughs> so it was it was a it was a great weekend overall here in South Florida. Of course, you and I are back in our current home bases of me in Orlando, you back in Toronto. But but I want to give you the floor for maybe like thirty seconds to a minute, minute and a half, and and have you and give the floor to you on what your first impressions have been really on the first uh, two days of training camp for you because you stuck, uh, you you stayed there for the first two days. I only yeah. stayed there for the first one. So I, I, want, I want to give you the floor on what, what your impressions were. Um, first of all, they skate them hard. This team is going to be one of the most conditioned teams in the NHL. Obviously, they were one of the best teams in transition off the rush last season. That isn't going anywhere. Um, you could tell just by the uh, physicality and the high tempo of these skates in the first two days. They did all four days. But the first two days that I saw, Paul Maurice is working the hell out of these guys. And he said they're an extremely fit group. Rudolph Ballester said, coach said, we're an extremely fit group. There's a lot of fit guys on this team. They were all hands and knees on the ice after those uh, 20 minutes of board battle slash uh, skating around the net that they do at the end of every single practice. Um, this team is going to be conditioned. They're not going to get tired late in games. Um, and they're going to be disciplined because uh, Paul Maurice is working them hard from day one of camp. There's no, uh, there's no ifs or buts. They're going to, they're going to skate hard, this team. And if they don't, they're sitting. And it's funny because Paul Maurice emphasized not once, not twice, 
but three times uh, during from media day all the way to the third day of practice, at least rewatching some of the pressers after about fitness testing. Day one, day, media day, they, he spoke about hopefully we have some good tests. And then on the first two days, emphasized more about how great the fitness test yep. came from, from, from the players, about all the hard work that they're uh, using, doing over the summer. And even to the point that it was seen as a competition for these veteran players to try to get the best fitness test uh, as much as they can. Of course, we don't we we don't get the results of those tests. We don't see how they're the criteria of it as well. But hey, the the little bits that we've seen about it on the ice, of course, they're they're going at full full speed. It it doesn't seem that they're they're just like lollygagging out there or dogging anything out there. So great to see that the, that these guys are being pushed. Exactly. And um, another thing. It wasn't like obviously training camps. You're not really running systems, especially when you're running two groups and split the you split the pro team into two groups, pretty much. Um, he definitely emphasized in media day, and he emphasized in his drills, they're gonna win games and they're gonna win puck battles three feet from the boards, and they work on that a lot. The second day of training camp was really physical. There was bodies flying into the boards. There was guys laying like I'm not full full hits that you'd see full speed in an NHL game, but they're throwing guys on the boards. Um, you know, you're competing, you know, guys don't want to make the team guys that are on the team want to show guys that, uh, you know, this is what's going to happen in the NHL. You know, the butcher was throwing it around a little bit. Guys were putting bodies on bodies to try and, uh, you know, get up to game speed. They're playing a lot in those 50, 50 battles. That's where you're going to get the puck. That's how you're going to move out into transition. The team, is working on that. And if you're doing that day one of training camp, I'm going to assume you're going to do that the entire season. Um, it's the little things for this team. And they're working on that right now. So I'm excited to see how it translates. And, you know, some of these guys look a little bit bigger. Uh, Lundell looks a lot bigger this season. Um, he did that one-on-one board battle at the end of practice after an Barkov. hour uh, against Barkov. And he looked just as good as Barkov. He was containing the puck. He was getting it back. I mean, Barkov is one of the strongest players in the league. Obviously, this is just training camp, but Lundell looks really strong on his bottom half. He can really hold his own on the ice when he's doing those turns near the boards. He looks good. Mm-hmm. And and one player that I want to talk about was uh, is Colin White. Col- Colin White uh, getting a getting another chance with the with the Panthers. Uh, uh, getting another chance in the NHL, signing with the Panthers, excuse me, uh, bought out by Ottawa, struggled with uh, injuries, but has played with both the Kachuk brothers. He spoke about how he's been playing with Matthew Kachuk since he was six years old. And really the familiarity that Paul Maurice has been putting out there with a line of Kachuk, Bennett, and, and White. And that's your that's your second line for, for this team and players who have grown up, pretty much grown up together. And... And re- and really uh, having having to play with both brothers and also spoke about kind of like the differences uh, of them. So uh, that that second line, which we're going to see a lot of something a little different than what we saw last year, that is really the the line that what come game one of the regular season that I'm going to re- be really focused on because if Barkov and Verhage are going to be together on that first line, then we're going to see some a completely different look on that second one. Just keep in mind, um, these are lines that we saw 
in training camp. And in training camp, there was two groups. There was group A, there was group B. Some teams are running three, four groups. It kind of depends on the team. Florida decided to run two groups. And as we said, they split the pros pretty much half and half. I think group A had a little bit more of the pro roster there than group B. Um, So we're going to, depending on the rosters of the split squads, I'm going to assume group A is going to be one of the teams in the split squad. Group B is going to be the other team in the split squad. So you're probably going to see that line of White, Kachuk, and Bennett playing on the same team in Nashville in one of these two split squad games. Um, Once the preseason continues and it's just preseason game and there's no split squad, it's going to be a little bit more of the pro team. Then you're going to kind of see lines getting a little bit more familiar. So right now it's probably going to be White, Bennett, Kachuk, at least for the split squad game. Um, Come opening night, you're not going to know who's on the line. Paul Maurice did emphasize the reason why he picked these lines in training camp, it wasn't too much of a big deal. It's just, you know, Reinhardt's played with Barkov and Kachuk's played with Col- uh, Kachuk's played with Bennett. And then obviously Kachuk and White have known each other since they were kids. He was kind of throwing stuff around, like just getting the familiarity going because it's a new system. Um, I-, I think that's a pretty solid line, though, because Kachuk and Bennett are two workhorses that are going to piss off the other opponent. And Colin White has skill. Uh, he had an injury problems in Ottawa. He's still a young player. He is a good player. And um, I think you could, there's two guys on this team that came in that I think you can plug in the top nine pretty much anywhere, and they're going to work out. The other guy we want to talk about is Rudolph Bowser. And I know Armando had that lined up. Um, he's been playing with Verhage and Barkov. And that guy has some skill. He has some skill. Uh, he's... Like, Florida is kind of like a place where you find yourself. Uh, Carter Verhage, Sam Bennett kind of rejuvenated his game. Paul Maurice alluded to that in uh, after day one of training camp. You have uh, Anthony Duclair brings his game to another level here. A lot of guys come to Florida after not getting opportunities in other places. Balser is coming from Ottawa and San Jose. Not, he said in the – he told us he hasn't seen a group like this. Everyone seems the same age. Everyone's having fun. This team likes each other already um rudolph ballas is going to be an interesting guy to see and as i said if they're keeping the split squad slash group a line is the same you're going to see him with barkov and verhage verhage said he's excited to play with ballsters and ballster said he's excited to play with barky and verhage uh that's going to be an interesting uh, line to watch mm-hmm. and it at least covering this team for the last uh, two seasons, when Bar- uh, when Barkov and Verhage were first be- um, being put together on that first line, you know, not much, not much has been it, for in that moment. It's like, okay, we don't know how long this is going to last, but of course, they've been together since, and the the chemistry between these two, it's always been them two, and they're always going to add a third person so that it doesn't mess up the chemistry. Be, between those two a, a few times we've seen a Sam Reinhardt on that line of and and it, during training camp and then of course Balsers who uh people people love to bring up the underlying numbers for Rodolph Balsers from when he was in San Ho- San Jose so uh, a plus for someone like like him as well but I do want to talk about a a veteran on this team uh for the Florida Panthers and and their and their chance of making the lineup but we're going to discuss that next 
here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about Athletic Greens. And our next partner is a product that I've started to use every day because I started using AG1 because I need need to take a little bit of a break from the coffee. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition with just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Back on this Monday, September 26th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, I'm Ramondo Velez. I got Alex Baumgartner from the Five Reasons Sports Network. And Alex, we spoke about the top line with Barkoff, Verhage, and possibly a Rudolph Balsers. Who, know, who knows how, how that would look. But one player that got to speak to the media on Saturday was veteran Eric Stahl. And we saw him in a line of Ryan Lomberg, Patrick Hornquist, along with, with Patrick Hornquist. And, of course, he spoke about how things didn't, work out last year as far as the contract his contract of trying to get into a place that he fit in uh, obviously signed an ahl deal be- to go to the olympics 37 years old he's been a captain of a team he's been a hundred uh point score the, the year that the carolina hurricanes won the stanley cup so and also paul Maurice spoke about the opportunity for guys to not only play center but but wing he spoke about it mostly on the first day of camp so First of all, where uh, first of all, where do you think what what do you think Mark Stahl's chances of making this team and what does that mean for someone like Etulu Sturanen? So for Eric Stahl, um, he'll probably make the team. He's probably going to play a jumbo role. I think if he makes a team, that's what it's going to be. Um, the foot speed isn't there anymore, and that comes with age, obviously. The one thing Eric Stahl has is, you know. He uses his body well. He's a big body. He's still strong. He still has the hands. Um, it's going to be kind of like Jumbo last year, where you're not going to put him in the lineup every game if he makes the team. He's going to be there for the locker room presence. He's a guy that you can trust when you need to throw someone in the lineup. But um, obviously, Florida is one of the fastest teams in the league. Eric Stahl doesn't have the foot speed to you know play 82 games like that. Um, I still think he will make the team. They brought him in for a PTO for a reason. <clears throat> he need veteran leadership. Um, there's a lot of guys on an NHL roster, a lot of them that don't play. As we said, Jumbo had that role last year. He's probably going to take that role over if he makes the team. Um, he, he's won the cup before. He's got gold medals. He's, you know, he's, uh, he's a guy that could get looks and discussions at the Hall of Fame, right? Like... You know, he, he's a really good player in his prime, and he can really help guys out. And you know what? He could he could possibly make a difference. You know, in Montreal, when he went to the, when the Stanley Cup Finals, 
when he first made that team, people weren't really saying, oh, Eric Stahl is going to dominate. You know, he played pretty good in the playoffs. And um, another thing, he's terrorized Florida his whole career. So now him being a Panther is pretty cool. Uh, for Etu Lusterinen, Lusterinen should make this team. However, yeah. um, they had him running with the AHL guys and the junior guys because he was wearing the blue jersey. And if you're at training camp, basically everyone in the white jersey was the pro team. The whole pro team was in the in the white jerseys. The only guy that was a forward because the defense all wore red. I think the only guy that was consistently on the team last year that was wearing a blue jersey was Lester Ryan. Which means when you split the uh, when they split the training camp teams into two and they go half ice each side, he's running with the guys like uh, Sandy's Vilmanas and some of these AHL guys in Charlotte. He he's on the outside looking in in terms of just the eye test. Now, I don't know if that's something that Paul Maurice is like, let's take this young guy and light a fire under him, see what he wants to do. That's my honest, uh, you know, gut feeling because he was really good last season. And I think he's more beneficial to this team than a veteran Eric Stahl for an 82 games. Eric Stahl was wearing the white jerseys. They were making him do runs with the uh, pro team. Now, when I say pro team, AHL team, they're still doing drills together. It's just 15 to 20 minutes of the hour and a half session. They'll split them up and they'll do board drills on each side. And uh, the, the blue guys are kind of like the AHL guys, you know. But um, I still think Lester Ryan should make this team. Mm-hmm. And then you have different coaches uh, talking to, you know, there, there's a lot of great uh, communication between Palmeries and the assistant coaches. Of course, they have their meetings. They have the big whiteboards in the locker rooms saying, hey, we're, we're going to split, split you up into this. Coaches, I want you to emphasize this part of the game. And like you said, lighting a fire, on, hopefully under Etulu Strain. And, and of course, just because you've been here the last two years and played a big role, there's no guarantee. And that's the thing with the new coaching staff as well for this Florida Panthers team. He spoke about familiarity, but he also, uh, I, I, don't, I don't doubt the amount of tape that Paul Maurice has watched from last year's team to see, okay, this is what this guy does well. Of course, with Luce Duranen, this is a guy who mostly for him, it starts on the defensive side of the, of the puck. He's been a guy who's been play, playing mo- on, on the PK mostly. Of course, if he does play on the PK, he's going to have to find a new buddy because he was paired up with Jonathan Huberto last year for the most part. And, and, and for in, as far as the eye test, he played, well for the most part on on that on that end so so maybe this is the maybe maybe this is a start of saying okay there's a veteran here uh he has the reputation that's that's the thing that mark Stahl has etelustorinen does not have that yet for for this team but like i like you said i don't expect eric Stahl to be like a an eight to play all 82 games and hey who, who who knows? Is it is it going to be a forty forty uh, something like that, or is it Eric Stahl is going to be here and then Ryan Lomberg gets scratched for one game and Lusterinen plays on the wing because we barely saw Lusterinen on the wing, barely. I think it's 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 been shown in this camp. It's been shown last season. You don't scratch Ryan Lomberg anymore. Um, he looked too good in that camp for you to scratch him. <laughs> like mm-hmm. like obviously we've seen him the last two years. He took a huge step last year. Ryan Lomberg should not get scratched really any games, in my opinion. Another thing, it wasn't just Stahl that had the white jersey. Henry Boldy had a white jersey. Uh, I don't know if it's Giles or Gills. How do you pronounce it? Giles. Giles. 
He had a white jersey. There was a couple guys rocking white jerseys, and Lester Ryan looked like the best player by far on that on that blue lineup. Like it wasn't even close for me. Like it just his strength, his size, his hockey sense. It, it looked a lot better than anyone else on that side of the ice. Um, I think it's just mind games. See what this kid like when you put a couple guys that weren't on the team last year, a couple guys that haven't even played in the NHL, like. Bowlby played in uh, Charlotte last year, Syracuse the year before, and then played in college hockey. He was he was taking runs with the pro guys. Like I I, I just think it's kind of like getting different looks, trying to see what this kid can do, stuff like that. Lishrian is going to make the team. Mm-hmm. And not only is it mind mind games, but I also Palmeries clarified uh, on Saturday's presser about how you know about dividing the numbers between jerseys and pairings together when they actually do their drills as well so for the most part one jersey is going to mean something but but as far as the fringe roster players along with the ahl guys you know you know of course being loose and being in a in a on the fourth line for most of it maybe that's why he has the jersey uh as well so a, a little bit of a splitting between the numbers for you know, you know you you have to even it up some point and when you want to see how good Eric Stahl looks when you want to see how good uh, Giles looks when you want to see how good Bolby looks you know yeah like Lister Ryan's gonna make the team so let's just let him dominate that side let's see how these guys can compete um I know you're gonna bring him up let's talk on Matt Kirstead <laughs> Matt Kirstead's gonna make the team yeah I have Matt a said was in group was it group B he was with. Matt Kirstead was the most visible defenseman in Group B. Like, it wasn't even close for me. Mark Stahl was there. I think Delzato was there. Vitetto was there. Matt Kirstead looked like the best one out of all of them. His gap control was unreal. I've talked about his gap control for years. But, man, he he he's pairing the gap control with the foot speed and the hockey IQ now. Um, there, was, there was a drill where he stopped the, the one-on-one five straight times. He stopped Kachuk. He stopped Bennett. He stopped... Uh, he, he was stopping all the guys on the pro team. Like, Kirstead, when, when there's set, when there's like three spots available, when there's five, six, and seven, six and seven, Kirstead's gonna get one of those spots. I don't, I don't think he should be in the AHL next year. We're gonna see in the split squad games, and we're gonna see in this preseason how he does. But man, that eye test was ridiculous. Like, he looks kind. He, he he's very active with the stick, kind of like a Forsling, where Forsling's kind of getting his stick everywhere. Kirstad has good foot speed, so he can close the gap a lot more than some other guys. And me and Armando were standing there. I'm like, watch. Watch what Kirstad's going to do. Locking guys up. He was locking. He looked like the Miami Dolphins defense on the goal line. He was <laughs> locking guys up. Matt Kirstad has a very good chance to be on this opening day roster. And if, if he can make this opening day roster and kind of hold his own, you know, you're, you're probably going to see 50, 60 games of him this year. Possibly. And I feel like part of the maybe the only reason why I wouldn't see him making it the only is because of contract status for 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 Kirstead. The coaching staff might see this guy is on a two way deal and we don't want to put these other guys on on waivers first uh, at the beginning of the season, because once once the waiver wire goes through through, through all these cuts of training camps, uh, there's going to be. There's going to be a whole bunch of players who could who could possibly uh, be claimed. So that that is really the only reason why I could see yeah. that. However, when we when we see him in training camp and see how positionally sound he is, he he has been from what we've seen. 
I really don't know how you. I I really don't know how you. Like it was, it was everything. It was behind the net. It was in front of the net. It was off the rush. Like the three areas where you want your defenseman to succeed defensively, he was doing it all. Mm-hmm. And like these guys weren't playing around. Kachuk's trying to score, man. Mm-hmm. Like like Kachuk wanted to score. Bennett wanted to score. Lombi wanted to score. These guys wanted to score. They're having fun out there, but they're going hard in these practices. Paul Maurice is breathing down your neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looked pretty good. And and the fact that you like that Matt Kirstead's right in his face, and even when even when Kachuk doesn't score, and being like not necessarily like Matt mad, he's just like friendly chirping, like something I spoke about really on on Friday as well. But the fact that they're they're getting even upset when they don't <laughs> score in practice is like okay, th- this seems like a pretty good group out there that 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 this oh, team yeah. has, and they're and he threw his hand up as if he was make like give me the penalty call. Like uh, the group's having fun when they were doing the board battles. Kachuk jumped on Lomberg. There was five guys in the scrum till they blew the whistle. Uh, this this team's enjoying themselves, but uh, they're oh, no, working hard. No doubt. Uh, let, no, now let's uh, let's go ahead and talk about this uh, split squad matchup uh, between the Florida Panthers and the Nashville Predators. We're going to actually do that in segment number three, and let's talk about uh, what to expect. From this uh, split squad matchup, we're going to discuss that next here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast on this Monday, September 26th edition of the show. I got Alex Baumgartner here from the Five Reasons Sports Network. And Alex, tonight we have some split squad uh, matchups between the Florida Panthers and the Nashville Predators in Nashville. One of uh, your colleagues from uh, the Five Reasons Sports Network, Caitlin Daly, will be there in person to cover uh, uh, the event. So make make sure you guys uh, follow her and her her work uh, for tonight's matchup. But really, I'm I'm stating a, a big obvious here, uh, Alex. The number one thing to come out of this um, for for me is that no one gets hurt. <laughs> first of all, and second, I I'm really interested to see how the the goalies are going to be. Uh, splitting time of course three goalies in each group so I'm assuming a period each we're not going to see uh or maybe even 10 minutes of Bob and Knight um in their in their first two matchups because we know that we it's a you could write it in pen you could write it in sharpie that Bob and Spencer Knight are going to be a part of, of this team whether they carry around a third goalie to start the season I don't really see that to at least to start Maybe later, later down down the line. But I'm one person I'm really interested to see. This guy on a PTO, JF Barube, looked pre- looked pretty decent, um, at least in person for the first day of camp. And and uh, I don't I don't know if I don't know if Evan Fitzpatrick is going to be the backup in uh, in Charlotte behind uh, Alex Lyon, or uh, I think Matt Gutzda is going to probably start in the ECHL. Um, it's either going to be Jeff Brube or uh, Evan Fitzpatrick, in my opinion, to be the backup to Alex Lyon uh, down in Charlotte. Yeah, uh, Brube looked good. Um, like he looked pretty good. Like he was very composed, very sound. Obviously, when you're getting peppered off these two-on-one rushes, you're going to put in a couple goals. But he made some big saves. Um, I think his positioning was good. Obviously, David Dwork knows more about goaltending than me. I think I think he likes him too by a lot. Yeah, but um. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I think Barube is going to have to, if he shows up big in this preseason, it's going to be hard for them to not offer him a contract. I mean, he looked good when we watched him, but 
we're just doing eye tests we see in training camp. We need to see some game action. Uh, I, I would watch out for him. He was probably the third best goalie out of all the goalies I saw on the ice during training camp, personally. At least from where I was sitting. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I, I think he has a good chance of getting a contract if he performs well. If not, he's a good enough goalie to where someone's going to want to pick him up either for their AHL team or for a third goalie, backup goalie, whatever it is. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see what he does. It's funny because on the first day when uh, they were working on rushes going uh, on, on the other side of the ice where the media wasn't uh, sta- um, standing, and on the side of the ice where the players were just standing uh, there and waiting for their group to do rushes the other way, one thing that I was just focusing on was just the work that Rob Tallis was doing with the goalies on on one side of just make making sure they're like hugging the post, having a skate on there, making sure they're in the butterfly position and all having having their their shoulder hug like I said hugging the post. And and just the the art of goaltending. And then I look to my left to see if anyone else is doing it. Guess who else was looking? David Dork as well. So the the goal the goalie guy looking just to see the the, the art of goaltending and seeing how much work it takes for for these guys because you know you gotta it I I, I don't know if I'd ever play goalie at this level with pucks going 100 miles an hour. So the the amount of pressure and the amount of footwork and speed that that you have to to shift from one side to the other with goaltending and just it, it was it was just something that I was just like looking at for like a good ten minutes. I mean, I was I, I was watching it too because we, we I wasn't trying to strain my neck through seventy six bodies to see those line rushes go on the other way. It was cool to see you know hugging the post, just corralling the puck, putting it in your glove. It was also cool to see how good Spencer Knight was at that. He was stopping the like it's the little things. It, it just for like a hockey fan, it's pretty cool to see like the rebound control and stuff like that, and just how fundamentally sound a guy like Spencer Knight is with that. But um, yeah, nothing too much to touch on there. It was pretty cool. Rob Tallis has a great job. The guys love him. He's been here forever. When I played youth hockey in Florida, Rob Tallis was like the best goalie coach. Obviously, he still is. Like you know, Rob Tallis hockey camp. Everyone went there. That was a goalie. Yeah. Since since 2009, he's been with the with the Florida Panthers, being their uh, their uh, goaltending coach. All right, all right, all right, Alex. Uh, we're just about to wrap up here. Uh, but who who do you think ha- who do you think for these split squad matchups? Who do you think has most to prove uh, on a, on a on on a day like today? Who might? Who, who we could see be cut by after or has a chance to make the first round of cups. Who do you think Who do you think has the most pressure on them? I think they're going to keep Eric Stahl around until they don't need to have him around in, in the case that, when I say that, I mean, like, if they're still iffy on if they want to give him a contract, they're going to keep him around until they have to uh, make the decision. I still think Eric Stahl is going to have something to prove. Obviously, he's going to want to be here. His brother Mark's going to be on the team. Um, his brother Jordan's in Charlotte as the coaching staff in the AHL team. He's going to want to be part of this organization. It's a really good team. Uh, Eric Stahl won, and since we're going to talk about first cuts, um, huh. depending on his uh, health, I want to see uh, Justin Sordiff. Uh, I don't know if he's going to make the team just because he's been hurt so much. I think he's going to have to start in the AHL, but um, I'm just interested to see what he does if he can play 
he missed a couple days of camp. He missed some. He got injured in dev camp. Like he's a good player. Just keep him healthy. See what he can do. Probably gonna start the season in Charlotte. If if that's what I'm thinking, it's like 100 percent for me. He's gonna have to start in the AHL. But um, watch for Eric Stahl. If sort of can play, I'm interested to see what he can do. And yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, the status the status for Justin Sordiff is still day to day for for as of now. So right now, and Zach Delpy as well. But Zach Delpy has done some one on work one work at the on the side, yeah. so he's getting one step closer to returning for the Panthers. I'm gonna go a, uh, I'm gonna go a little bit of a different route, and I'm gonna go with like an older uh, defenseman. I'm, I'm gonna go with maybe someone like a Michael Delzato, um coming from Ottawa. Of course, we talked about Kirstead, and of course, Michael Delzato is probably looking at someone like Matt Kirstead and saying, "Oh, this guy is shining. This guy could be the be the seventh defenseman." Um, it, it, if I'm not mistaken, I, I think Delzato's on a uh, two way deal. I'd have to double check on that, but Do, Delzato. Uh, being the older guy and seeing like a, um, seeing that a young guy in Matt Kirstead is is kind of showing out great position positionally sound, saying hey, I, I, of course being older doesn't mean you're entitled to make it. However, I want I want to see what uh, Dozato can bring to the table um, during during the during this uh, first uh, first uh, preseason game. Of course, the we also got to remind ourselves, and I have to remind myself too. During these four, first four days of training camp, the Panthers are playing the Panthers. So is it? Sometimes I ask myself, is it good defense for the Panthers that's breaking up these passes, or is it bad offense? Is it, is it bad? Is it good offense going the other way on these rushes, or is it a defensive breakdown? But now we have some games uh, versus an opposition that we haven't seen in in them practice. Now we have to uh, now we have some game action for for these guys to see are they as up to speed um throughout these tra- uh, training camp and if they and if it can match up against a another another team so really that's really the mindset to go to b- prior to this game yeah i agree it's a, it's preseason hockey hockey's back um the feet are still warm you know we, we got to get up to game speed but uh, these guys want to play so i'm excited finally i get to see the panthers play again in a game i've been uh, i've been watching them practice a lot you know they're sick of practicing. I'm sick of practice. Let's get these games going. Yep that that's that's what that you practice. This is what you prepare for. Uh, that's what you, th- definitely. And th- these guys, I'm sure they're excited just to you know get to get to get it going. And and of course we we us two are and along with you guys, the listeners are are excited too. And and we'll be and I will be breaking down both of these games uh, on Tuesday's edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. But Alex, always great to have you on. Thank you so much once again for joining this edition of the show. Tell everybody where they can follow you and your work online. Uh, you can find me, a Baumgartner 91 on Twitter. You can see it down there below. All my articles are on Five Reasons Sports. And then uh, when we start doing In the Box again, it's going to be on the Five Reasons Sports YouTube channel. But, uh, yep, I'm Panthers only. I'm NHL only. So uh, you're going to enjoy it. For, for sure. Uh, and ho- hope to have you on soon, Alex. And thank you so much for joining. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to Lockdown Fancy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Road. And we'll be covering all the preseason activities around the National Hockey League. 
thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. So I'm Armando Velez with Alex Baumgartner. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day.